And did you know that 2.6% of pop music producers are women? But that doesn't mean that women in music production don't exist. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The Creator Suite podcast reveals the brilliance and boldness of women DJs, producers, and audio engineers while diving deep in discussions around music industry hot topics and premier technology. So gear up to have both sides of your brain stimulated as we come together to listen, learn, and harness our power. How are you guys doing? My name is Josie Carr. I'm an artist, entrepreneur, producer, and educator. Hey everyone, I'm Karen Keeves, and I'm a music tech marketer. Hey, I'm Abita Austin, and I'm the founder of The Creator Suite. You're now tuned in to The Creator Suite Podcast. Hey, welcome everyone to The Creator Suite Podcast. We're so excited for our next episode today. Um, we have a very special guest, uh, but before we dive in, um, let's give it a little bit of an intro. So as you all know, we're living in an unprecedented time where COVID has forced many of us in music production to change our approach in finding opportunities. The live music scene has come to a screeching halt. Day-to-day -day operations at studios face restrictions and a lack of in-person interactions have put limitations on creative collaboration and networking. Today, we're chatting with Laura Eskede. Based in Los Angeles, Laura is an artist, producer, innovator, entrepreneur, and live show designer. Formerly known as Alux, Laura Eskede is a future classical artist blending music, tech, and consciousness. Eskede's music synthesizes her skills as a classically trained violinist and her technical prowess as an avant-garde electronic producer. In addition to her music, because that's not all it, Laura Eskede is the creator of the Transmute Academy, the founder of Electronic Creatives, and she's the first person to ever become an Ableton certified trainer back in 2008. Some of her career highlights include designing shows for Kanye West and Jay-Z, opening for Miguel on his 2015 Wild Heart Tour, building a thriving international business populated by top-tier professionals and developing premier educational programs accessed around the globe. With a deep understanding of complex technology, a profound passion for music and art, Eskede is well-versed in forging a music production career from an entrepreneurial approach. It is with great pleasure and excitement that we welcome to the podcast today, Laura Eskede. Hey. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Oh my gosh, thanks so much for having me. This is such an honor. Of course, of Our course. Pleasure. And we're so excited to have you here today. Um, you know, we really feel like a lot of our listeners uh, have a lot to learn from your journey um, and your career, and uh, we're definitely excited to dive in. Yay, me too. So um, excited to share. <laughs> uh, we'll start, I mean, we've got a few questions for you, and we'll kind of, you know, keep this pretty casual, and um, Josie and Abita will be diving in with their little added uh, questions and things that they might want you to expand on. But um, let's uh, start at the beginning. So tell us, how did you actually start your music production career? What was that first step for you? So I was a classical violinist all throughout my childhood, played in orchestras, had no knowledge of music production, electronic music, really wasn't into technology. I mean, you know, I'll date myself a little bit, but <laughs> the most technology that I ever used was 
taping from tape to tape. I would I would tape Casey Kasem's top 40 and I would tape the songs that I liked from the top 40 from one tape to another tape. And that was as technical as I got. And then when I got to college, you know, I just started hanging around with different people and being exposed to different things. And I discovered the electronic music scene because my best friend's boyfriend was a DJ and they said, come to this rave with us. And I was like, no, I don't do that. You know, I don't even know what that is. Why would I go to a rave? So I ended up finally going and just my mind was blown. It was so inclusive. Everyone was dancing. It was like, you know, just this energy that I'd never felt before with the classical music scene that I'd been in. And I just knew I have to get into this. Like I have to learn how to do this. And I didn't know what I wanted to do at that time. So I just started out playing violin over DJ's music. And my, actually the first genre that I tried to play uh, over was drum and bass, which is really, really hard because it's so fast, but I loved drum and bass at that time. I was trying to play over drum and bass. I started recording violin on productions by different producers. I started booking acts at this club in town. I started really just getting into the scene and the culture. And one of the artists that we booked was this band called Smoke. And I really didn't know that much about them. But when they came in, I got introduced to them and I realized, oh my gosh, this is George Clinton's son. Like, this is crazy. Like, I didn't even know who I was booking. So I just ended up like getting in the studio with them and hanging out with them and just like looking behind, you know, lurking in the shadows in the corners, like, what are they doing? I have no idea. And then eventually like asking them, hey, can you show me how to make stuff? Because I started like producing, you know, from the back of the room, like, hey, I got an idea. Like, I got an idea. And then it was like, well, but I want to get my own ideas out. I want to learn how to, you know, put my own ideas onto into the computer and play my violin and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how, you know, I got started really just by chance, just landed, fell into it. I love that. And what would you say was your first sort of big break? Like that was like cemented you in that world. Hmm. There's, there's so many throughout the journey. Um, I mean, I guess that one, that one was really big for me just because I was, you know, got to be in the room with, with all these professionals, um, all of a sudden, and I really didn't know what I was doing at that time. So that was really great. Um, I think, you know, meeting people along the way, uh, I met uh, a friend a couple of years later who really helped me like get started um, with production and, you know, just I was trying to figure it all out myself. And he was like, hey, let me show you some stuff. And, you know, that was great. He was a mentor. Um, then. Uh, a couple of years later, I moved to LA and got a job working in tech support at this company called M audio. And so that was kind of like another big break. And then I, from there worked at Ableton, that was another big break. And from there I became certified. And then from there it started working on all these shows with the different artists. So it was just kind of like, you know, a progression of just big things that have happened throughout my career. And, you know, every single time something big happened, I, you know, I had doubts, you know, I was like, am I ready for this? Do I know how to do that? Like, am I ready to move to Vegas and work on Cirque du Soleil's production when I literally have never done anything like this before? Uh, okay, sure. So <laughs> I just did. And I just kept saying yes. And, you know, opportunities kept presenting themselves. And I'm just very thankful and blessed to have been around such amazing people throughout my career as well. I love that. I love that. It's almost like you kind of just ran with it. And with each step, new opportunities opened up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So you are the founder of Electronic Creatives, and, and for everybody tuning in, it's an LA-based worldwide team of playback engineers, audio show programmers, musical directors, and music producers. Share with us what led to you establishing this team, and can you tell, more, tell us more about, about it? Absolutely. Yeah. So Electronic Creatives, I call it EC for short. Um, you know, I started it probably the first iteration in 2008. I was doing a lot of educational stuff back then. I'd just become a certified trainer. I was sort of like the go-to person for Ableton Live stuff in the LA area. Um, and then I started working on productions and shows. Like I mentioned, I worked with Cirque du Soleil. And then after that, started touring with Kanye, who I worked with for about seven years and did all of his live show stuff and, you know, all different artists. And I got really busy. You know, I got... I got calls for a lot of gigs at that time. And I really just didn't want to give up the gigs. You know, I was like, Oh man, if I could clone myself, I could do this gig with the weekend. Or if I could clone myself, I could do this gig with, you know, whoever. So, you know, actually the weekend is a really good example. The weekend was a really young artist at the time. And, you know, his management came to me and said, Hey, can you, you know, work on this show? And I said, well, I personally can't cause I'm busy with Kanye, but I have this perfect person that I think would be great for that. So I trained someone that I knew, a friend of mine, put him on, just kept training people and putting them on throughout the years. And it just started out kind of like me just wanting to clone myself and give other people opportunities. And then it just kind of built into a business from there. It was all organic. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, can you break down live show designer? What what are you exactly controlling in a show? Um, Karen mentioned playback engineers. Some of our guests might not, and our guest audience might not know what that is. I'm curious, like, what are you controlling in that Kanye show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's really different for every single artist. So just to kind of break it down a little bit. So, um, you know, music playback, music programming, live show design, those are all sort of words, you know, it depends on kind of what role you're doing. You know, with different artists, I've been more of a designer where I'm working with them on, you know, setting up their controllers, setting up their sounds, you know, creating the music with them, um, just working on every aspect of how they, you know, play the music live on stage. Mm -hmm. um, an example of that is Porter Robinson. He had, had a one person show, you know, I worked with him to help develop all of those aspects for his show. Um, someone like Kanye, uh, doesn't necessarily want to know how to use Ableton or, you know, he's, he's not, um, you know, in the trenches like we are every day, but he's like, Hey, this is my vision. This is what I want. I need you to make it happen. So with artists like him and Miguel and, you know, shows like American Idol, that kind of stuff, that would be more of like music programming and, playback engineering. So the programming side is just basically making anything that they want happen. Okay. I got this idea. I want to make, you know, a rock version of this track tonight, or I want to slow this song down, or I want to segue this song from this song, or, you know, I want to add some sound effects in, or Drake just showed up. We got to like take Drake's, Drake's verse out of here. Cause he's going to rap over it, you know, or, or, you know, uh, whoever else just showed up. I mean, any random person could show up at any time. So you got to be like ready with all the different versions of the songs just in
in case, you know, um, basically you're just like the keeper of all the music, making sure that it sounds right night after night, making sure that, um, you know, the artist, the musical director, whoever is, you know, whoever I'm working with is satisfied and pleased, making sure the band hears everything the way that they want it to. So really the way that, um, you know, artists come into needing playback is because they get to a certain level and, you know, you oftentimes see a DJ on stage with an artist, right? Up until a certain level, you know, it's, it's the rapper, it's the singer, it's, you know, the artist and a DJ and potentially band, you know, if they've got the funds for a band, which a lot of artists that are just coming up don't. Mm -hmm. But once they get to a certain place, like for example, Logic is, you know, one of the artists that uh, I've worked with and helped transition his music from the DJ style to playback. And they were just like, you know, we know that we need this and we're not, you know, we're not quite sure why, but we're going to hire you and, and have you tell us how and why we need this. And so it was really just like illuminating for them because all of a sudden they're like, okay, so I want to hear my backing vocals a little bit louder, or I want to hear this bass louder, or I want to take, you know, the vocals out of this part, or I want to like loop this section and just vibe over it with the band or, you know, any of that stuff that they want to do on the fly, they can do. But when everything's baked into what we call a two track that a DJ is just playing, you don't have that flexibility. You can't make all of those edits. You can't make changes. Whoever's mixing the show can't mix the bass separately from the rest of the tracks. And, you know, when you get to that level, you just really want, you want that bass separate, you know, you want it to bang, you know, you want whoever's mixing front of house to be able to like separate that and just like really have it banging. So, um, that's kind of like what the, you know, why people would, why artists start to use playback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, the programming part is, you know, the editing and you know, the programming of it. And then some people are just playback engineers. I would do both. So sometimes, um, you know, sometimes people are just like, you know, on stage, uh, or off to the side of the stage and they're just triggering the tracks that someone else has programmed. Um, most of the time I would just be doing all of it or sometimes on stage, like in the case of Miguel, I was in his band DJing his tracks, doing the playback from the stage, also opening for him. Um, so it's really just like kind of different in every scenario. And then artists like Kanye, um, you know, we, I also did his vocal effects. So it would be his like auto tune and delays and distortion and pitch shifting and all that kind of stuff. So in the moment when we'd be performing, I would just turn on different effects and, and in real time be like jamming with him, like improvising with him, you know, some things were the same every night, but then some things were not. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a, you know, symbiotic relationship where sometimes I'd turn something on and he would hear it and be like, Oh, that, that delays on now I can like scream and it's going to get really big and it's going to go crazy. Or, or he would say, ask me for stuff on stage, like, Hey, Laura, like, I want the, the deep voice, you know, which meant like the pitch shift. So I would like turn that on and, you know, he would sound like a monster or something. (laughs) So, um, other things that playback engineer and programmers do are, um, like drum sounds and keyboard sounds. So if you have a MIDI controller on stage, you want all that, those sounds to be able to change, um, song to song, then we are responsible for that as well. So kind of like runs the gamut. And then, you know, artists like, uh, Porter Robinson that I mentioned, you know, they're like a one person show and they're performing on stage themselves. And so it's up to me and and people like me to help them like, uh, create the show that they want. And so that's more of like a design kind of aspect. So I would say the training for that, you, you had to have had a lot of training for that because you are a classical musician, right? How do, how did the tech side come into, into, into your, you know, career? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I had, I didn't really have any training to be honest. I kind of just figured it out along the way. Um, like I was saying earlier, just like every opportunity, you know, kind of just presented itself. So, um, you know, it's, I think it's like a combination of being able to figure things out on the fly and very quickly and also like good communication and, um, you know, being a person that other people want to work with and, you know, all that kind of stuff like wrapped together. And it just, I think the most important thing is just being able to figure it out, um, on the fly and, and being musical. Like a lot of people Mm. that try to come and do this job, they're like, they don't really know where the chorus is or they don't Mm. hear the little nuances of like, Oh, you know, you just cut that, that tail of that reverb and, it, it, you know, it sounds weird now cause they, they don't hear it. Right. So for me, I think I just had kind of like a, a couple of the different things that you need to do this job where I was like, okay, that reverb tail, it needs to, it needs to ring out. We can't stop it right away. Cause that's just going to sound bad. So, you know, yeah. And how was it, how were you able to, cause I mean, Kanye and, and, uh, the weekend and all these guys are like really huge superstars. They're superstars. Um, yeah. how were you able to make that connection? I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. Uh, <laughs> I would say so. I don't know. You know, I think um, you know I, when I when I worked at Ableton, um, you know, this was back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, I kind of you know I'd been doing tech support at Amadio. Amadio was distributing Ableton. I got really close with the company. Started working for the company. It was at that time, you know, the economy tanked and, you know, I always tell people my story, like I got laid off and, um, you know, just to show people that like, you can go really far, even after things that, you know, that you consider to be bad or like not welcome come to you. And at first I was really bummed. I was like, you know, this, I love this company. I don't want to do anything else. And then it was like, well, what do I do now? I don't want to just go work for another company. So I'm just going to like do my own thing now. And I think then, you know, I kind of made the decision, like, I'm going to try some new things. I don't know what they are. And then things just started to come to me, you know, like, because I was certified because I'd gotten a name because I was in LA hustling, you know, going to all the, you know, studios and going to all the events, going to all the shows. Um, I think, you know, my name just sort of became synonymous with like Ableton live and playback. And, um, you know, it was really just the relationships that I had, like, a a guy that worked at this store, West LA music, which is like a local version of like Sam Ash or guitar center. He hit me up and he said, Hey, I've got this guy. He's Kanye West engineered. Like, do you want to, you know, he needs Ableton help. Do you want to go work with him? And that's kind of like how that started. And it was just literally like, Hey, can you go help this person? And then go help the person. And then they're like, well, you just do it. Cause you actually know what you're doing. And, and I am like more of a studio person. And I think that's, I think that's also the thing. Like I was willing to like go on the road and I was willing to be like on tour and do the shows. And a lot of like studio engineers, they don't like that, that stress and pressure. Cause it is a lot of pressure. It is a lot of stress. They want to be in the studio. They want to be, you know, making the beats or like, you know, recording the vocals or whatever, but they don't want to like have that pressure and that stress of like the night to night, like going to a different venue like stuff not working you know people throwing curveballs like you changing the set list you know two minutes before the show all that kind of stuff so yeah hopefully that answers the question Uh, (laughs) i just go off on tangents so no No, it's it's, it's actually very interesting you know and the the listeners will definitely appreciate you know just understanding what it takes you know to get to the lab to that level and, and it helps 
So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I didn't know this existed when I started, you know, so I think this is like a, a big aha. It will be a big aha for many people listening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know it either. I just fell into <laughs> it, really. I mean, I was a performer producer, mm -hmm. just like a lot of your audience. And you know, just kind of got these opportunities, you know, and just kept trying not to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. And, and then also, too, when you work when you work with young creatives, they think that there's like a manual that you can follow. Like, if I, know. I do this, I do this, this is going to yeah. work, you know. So to see someone that's in it and is doing it and, and has a story to tell is very helpful because... I work with a lot of young creators and they and, and that's always the thing. Well, where do I go? How do I do it? And then once I do this, I I'm 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 100% going to have this wonderful career. Right. You know, but I tell them a lot of it has to do with networking, hustling yeah. and being when, and being prepared, you know. So yeah. it's, it's good to hear that from you. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, it is all about Networking, I mean, it, I hate to say it, it's who you know, it, it kind of is, you know, it's yeah. like, I was chill, but also proactive, you know, and there's like that kind of balance, you know, you can be a little too chill, <laughs> right, right. or you can be a little too proactive, right? So like finding that balance and what works for you with people, you know, like, I get people that hit me up all the time. And it's like certain people, you know, if they speak to me and you know, the right way, then I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I've, I've got time for you, but then it's like <laughs> other people write and it's just like, they want something, you know, it's like, you got to give and take and, you know, you got to give and take. And like, I think I was really good at giving and taking. I, and I gave so much to the community, you know, I still, you know, I still continue to with like free workshops and masterclasses for these young creators and for people, you know, I've trained so many people like, yes, some of them I've, I've hired and I've benefited financially from that. But most of the time, it's not really financially, you know, it's not something, it's not a financial reason. It's just like, just to build up the community, exactly what y'all are doing, you know, like, that's why we do this. That's why I do this. That's why I've always done it. And that's why I created the Transmute Academy. And, you know, I probably can speak on that just like as a natural sort of transition, but, um, you know, I started uh, the Master Track program with uh, EC, which is for people to learn how to become playback engineers. And we did a couple of years of that and put people on huge tours like Ariana, Mariah Carey, you know, Lil Wayne, like you name it. So we had grown really big, um, pretty big. I mean, I wouldn't say like huge, but like 20 people <laughs> or so. I'm like, what's really big? I don't know. Yeah. Big for me. You know, I'm like, all, right. all of a sudden I got this whole team, you know, it's great. Um, but I saw like this. Um, I saw this like place for me to, to help young creators in a way that was different, right? Like taking all my knowledge from that. And, um, you know, I'm an artist as well. And like, yes, I've worked with all these famous people and that's great and really cool. But like my passion is like creating and making music and performing myself. And a couple of years ago, I just made this decision. I went through kind of this tough time with my health, my body just completely broke down. You know, I'd been traveling too much, doing too much, pushing myself way too hard. Um, I did a show with, you know, Iggy Azalea, Miguel and Kanye in the span of three days in three different cities, you know, across the U S <laughs> and my body was just like, no, no, no. Like, no, you can't do this oh anymore. My gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> I was in the hospital, got a lot of time to reflect. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I want to like change the way that I live my life. And so I started, um, that year, my transmute retreat, which is just, you know, I wanted to show 
artist that you can bring in the self-care and the electronics and the music and the hustle and you know all that stuff together and so that was like the first you know iteration of my transmute series and then I started the transmute accelerator which is an online program for artists to learn how to take their live performances to the next level using technology and really just harness the power of technology and um so I started that at the beginning of 2019 and just had people from all over the world joining us because it was online and then so I kind of started the whole online business thing before COVID hit and before you know this amazing year happened and so when COVID hit in in March it was like okay well I saw like every single tour that we had you know in in one or two days just like completely gone so I was like well I just got to you know, pivot over to this other business that I've been running concurrently, but just like focus more on it. And that's been really awesome because we've, you know, uh, we've done a couple of sessions of it this year and we actually are converting it into a brand new format in 2021. We've just launched the Transmute Academy. So we've got courses on there that are free. We've got some courses for artists that want to learn how to use Ableton Live to develop their live performances, live streaming stuff, all kinds of things. And um, we're converting the accelerator into a year-long artist development program. So for artists that want to learn how to use technology and like get super in, and you know, um, Josie just you asked about how to kind of get how do these people, young creatives, get in it? Well, I've invested a lot in myself over the years. Like I've invested a lot in coaching. I've invested, you know, even when I couldn't afford. Like I remember the first time I paid for a coach, I was like oh my gosh, this is like the most expensive thing that I've ever done. Like, this is really scary. But this was a business coach? I did that. A business coach? Uh, A business business coach. coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business coach. But I've, you know, I've also invested in music, you know, tech Mm -hmm. coach, like just everything. And like the, I just got hooked on it. I was like, okay, like he really did help me like so much. And then since then I've just had so many other amazing coaches and mentors. So Really, that's another key, I think, to my success, especially in the business aspect over the past, you know, five years or so. Um, If I didn't have the coaching and the mentors, you know, I really would not be where I am today. And I'm just like super thankful that um, I didn't doubt myself, you know, because I could have played small. And and for a while I was, I was like, oh, I just, you know, this is a lot of money because it is, it can be, you know, unless you find a mentor that's like, I'm going to help you out, you know, for free, which I don't know, for me, I just haven't (laughs) found that personally. I think that that does make a lot of sense. I think that we're used to uh, getting our education the conventional way, going to universities and all those type of things. And when you're young, that's what you think you're supposed to do. But there are so many artists and, and, and people like ourselves that are doing it. And we offer a different type of education that is yeah. a hands-on approach. I think that we have we have a, a, a clearer understanding because we're actually doing it. We're on the field that we can bring to um, a young creative that wants to be educated. You know, So I, I think that's super fantastic. But I also wanted to ask you a question. You mentioned at the beginning when you were working, you wanted to clone yourself so you can be able to get more gigs and stuff like that. And then you decided, well, probably the best thing would be for me to kind of refer other people. Was it at any time that you feel like maybe, you know, I'm referring someone, they might actually leave with my gig? What did you do to protect yourself from that not being the case so you can continue to grow? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, (sighs) 
I I don't want to say like a magic because I'm definitely not, but I have a I have a sense of people and I have a lot of people that have developed loyalty to me because of that, you know, because of me putting them on, you know, when they like one of my friends put on not the first the weekend gig, but another one. Like he was in New York, not, you know, really not making very much money, you know, hustling, struggling. Like then I was like, Hey, I think you're perfect for this gig. And I held his hand, you know, I sat with him. I made sure that he wasn't going to fail. You know, I really put in the work to make sure that, and now he's still with them and he's open for them. And, you know, this is like eight years later. Wow. And so I think most of the people that I've brought into like my fold, so to speak, um, have been loyal to me, but then also like the same guy that I mentioned at certain points, like you've been doing this gig forever. This is your gig now. Like you don't need me anymore. Like go, you know, go do the thing. Right. So it's like, I've been an incubator for people to get to a certain place. And sometimes they want to stay because, you know, they like what I have to offer and what my community has to offer. And they like the support because, you know, they're going to, if they have a problem, they get on the phone, they can call us and we can help them out. And when you're just a solo person, you know, doing the gig, like you don't have that support. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think, um, I, at first I was a little worried about that, but now I'm just like, you know what? I just leave it to the universe. Like whatever happens, you know, I'm blessed. Like I got everything I need, you know, if I help people out and then they leave and go do their own thing, that's, that's totally fine. Like good on them. And, you know, everyone, I think just, you know, has to make decisions for themselves and just decide, okay, is this still serving me? Is this not like I try to pay respects as much as possible to everyone that's helped me, you know, but at a certain point, some people just got to kind of fly and move on or not, you know. Have you ever found it challenging to uh, let go a little in and trust other people? Oh, yeah. I about that all the time. It's like, well, <laughs> this is your baby. You know how things run, you know, step A to Z. How yeah. do you, like, what is that like for you? Because I think a lot of us, like, we struggle with entrusting other people. For sure. Oh, my gosh. I've I've had a lot of that, the struggle. And, you know, sometimes, like, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to, the responsibility is a lot, you know. And that's why, like, when COVID hit, to be honest, I wasn't entire, I wasn't all that mad at it. Like, yeah, in a way I was, but... I was also like, oh, I don't have this responsibility right now. And that actually feels good. Um, you know, just because as a creative, like I'm always looking for like, you know, the my right hand person that's not a creative that can just run the thing, but they can never like run it as well as I can or the way that I want it to be run. So that's like always the challenge because I got to be like, you know, not micromanaging, but managing and just making sure that everyone's doing what they're doing. And I just kind of realized like, oh, that's not my calling. Like, that's not why I'm here. Like, yes, it's, you know, I'm great at building community. I'm good at putting all these good people in a room and like training them, whatever. But then when it comes to like the responsibility and like the management of that, it's not my favorite thing. So, um, I mean, I have found good team. Like I, I'm so thankful for my team and just have, you know, invested a lot also in team and, and putting the, you know, getting the right butts in the seats as they say, and, and all that. And, you know, I've got an amazing team now, um, for my personal brand, which has been my focus during, during COVID. 
but yeah, it's, it is really hard. I mean, people have messed up, you know, and, and it comes down on me. It's like, yeah. you know, I get the call and if they get fired, which doesn't happen a whole lot, but it has happened. And I just feel like terrible. I feel like I, you know, it's me. I, I let them down. I let these clients down. These are huge clients, you know, like you, you, there's no room for mistakes or error. So when that's happened in the past, it really has been devastating to me, but I kind of learned how to, you know, process it and move on. And sometimes I hire those people again, if they learn their lesson, if not, like I have to let them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's a professional challenge that many of us are facing. <laughs> Especially, yeah, entrepreneurs, like we're in charge, you know, there's no one else, like it's going to take the fall. <laughs> Um, I want to take a second to to pivot a little. And um, the three of us are actually just talking about what a huge milestone this must have been for you. So you are the first person to become person. And I want to emphasize person here to become a certified Ableton trainer. And this happened back in 2008. Mm -hmm. How how did that come to fruition and, and what impact? It sounds like it's had a huge impact, but what impact has that had? on your career. Yeah. So, um, kind of going back to the story when I got laid off, right? So I worked there for a year. I was the top salesperson that month. You know, I remember my boss gave me a call and, and, uh, he said, Hey, we're restructuring the company. Like we're going to have to lay you off. I'm really sorry. And I was just, what? I'm like devastated. You know, like, this is like my, my spot. Like I love this. Um, and they said, well, because we're going to, you know, we're just restructuring the company, we're developing this certification program. And I had been helping to develop it at that point, but I didn't realize that that meant that like my job was going away. <laughs> and, but I get it now because they just restructured everything and created this certification program where they would certify people and these people would become their ambassadors. Right. So they didn't need me. I mean, they still would hire me. Like I, you know, was, um, the lead certification person at some of the the first certification events, but you know, they didn't need me to like do the day to day stuff anymore. Cause they're training, you know, hundreds of people to, to do that and spread the word and, you know, spread the good word about, uh, about the software. So, um, I, I literally was just kind of there at that time. It was like a timing thing, you know, which is also kind of really key um, for young people just coming up. It's like, you know, the right time. At that time, Ableton wasn't what it is now. You know, it was a, you know, it was a great software program that people were using, but it wasn't like, you know, seen everywhere. People were still like, oh, Pro Tools is the industry standard or Logic or, you know, just everywhere I'd go, I'd try to talk about how awesome it was and people would be like, oh no, like that's some child's play. Like that's some amateur stuff. Right. And, um, so literally I became certified and yeah, I did, you know, get the Cirque du Soleil gig from that, but, I, I don't really feel like, you know, people ask me, young people ask me this, especially all the time, should I become certified? You know, it, it hasn't really like helped my career, uh, to get these gigs, right. Cause they don't care if I'm certified, right. They don't care, you know, sort that's just a title. It's like, can you get in there and do the job? And can, you know, is, do you have someone backing you up? Cause that's the other thing, you know, with all these gigs, someone said, okay, she's good. Okay. She's good. Like brought me in. It's not like she's a certified trainer. Like we should bring her in. It's like, she's done the gig. 
So, you know, I feel like people that want to be like educators and, and want to teach for sure, like you should try to go for it because, you know, it, that is what it means. It's like you are a certified educator. Um, you are, um, associated with Ableton that way. And of course I still have a great relationship with Ableton because of the certification program and, you know, work with them really closely. Um, but I wouldn't say like anything that I've done necessarily, um, has needed that, right. It's just, it's a great title. It's a great thing to have. It's a great, you know, uh, relationship with the company. But if you're great and you're doing great things, you don't need a title, you know, you just, yeah. people will see you and then they'll choose you. We went into a little, uh, about COVID and I know what a, a different year it was, so to speak. Yeah. Um, how did obviously live music events, complete stop, how did it affect your day to day? And, you know, what have you been doing in this time to stay creative, to keep pushing forward? Because I think everybody, I don't care who you are, was affected in some way. I'd be curious to hear from your perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at first it was like, uh, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> you know, I, it was literally like, uh, I, I do playback for American Idol and that happens in the spring. And you know, I don't do a ton of touring stuff anymore. Like I have kind of like to be at home more and don't want to kind of live that day-to-day -day groundhog day lifestyle, even though it is fun. It's, you know, at a certain point I turned 40 and like, you know, like kind of want to be at home a little bit more, like have a, you know, wake up in my own bed kind of a situation. But so, um, anyway, uh, American Idol started doing American Idol, um, two years ago. And that's kind of been like my you know, main gig as, as well as the Grammys in town where I do the playback. And, um, it was like the week before Idol was supposed to start. And all of a sudden we're like, this is happening. You know, I just spent like $30,000 on a new rig, for idol and with new, all brand new equipment, you know, of my own money. Cause I thought I was going to make it back. And then and we all know what happened. So, um, it's, it's honestly, once I, after I wrap my head around everything and kind of, you know, yeah, I had to lay off a lot of people at my company because like, we're not doing shows anymore. Those people are tied to that. But I also in a beautiful way got to um, pivot to, um, focus more on my personal brand and, um, you know, my education aspects. And so I've been working a lot with different brands, um, uh, composing, I've been doing a lot of, um, educational stuff like brands or, uh, events will have me come and perform and do live stream stuff and talk about what I do. Um, yeah, it's been a lot about the Transmute Academy and like building my courses there and, you know, kind of getting people to come over there. We moved from Facebook. We had our community on Facebook and now we've got my own, you know, community and its own thing, which feels really good. So I've been focused on, you know, building that, getting people to come over there, um, people learning, just working with different artists, you know, like I had been live streaming before the pandemic. And then all of a sudden this hit and a lot of artists were like, oh my gosh, like, how do I do this? What do I do? How do I use OBS? How do I use loopback? How do I, you know, how do I perform with Ableton live? How do I do all this stuff from my home? Like, so literally the whole program just became about that. You know, people were coming in like learning how to, to live stream. We had festivals, you know, we all performed all the, my, my students performed. It's amazing. And, 
Um, yeah. And I've just have been, you know, creating a lot more and just, you know, working in my studio. So I, I honestly, I've been, I've been really, really happy. It's given me a chance to like breathe and, and chill and, you know, not have some of that stress that I talked about earlier and in the same kind of way, you know, because, um, it's, it's a different model, you know, it's a, it's a different model from the, um, the, the grind of the touring stuff. So, yeah. Can I jump in real quick, Karen, and ask, because um, I saw your mouth opening. to oh, <laughs> I'm curious about your self-care routine, because there's this whole spirituality and deep sense of, you know, um, positivity um, about you, about your music. Um, where, I know you had a break, you know, and when you were in the hospital with tubes, but um, how do you maintain that? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, so it really is just like a daily practice. And like, you know, during this whole time, like we're alone with ourselves or most of us are, I mean, I've been alone, like I live by myself and, uh, had, I've had a lot more time to like kind of connect with myself and like give myself things that I were missing that I didn't know that I needed. And I mean, I think the main thing for me that I've realized, and I just like, no, <laughs> it's so simple. And I was just, you know, I want to shout it from the rooftops, but it's like self-love. I know, you know, it sounds a little corny. Like everyone says it all the time, <laughs> yeah. you know, but no, like. That is so true. That is so true. <laughs> I went through that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You all, like, you just get to a point. Pandemic? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. You just get to a certain point and, and, you know, like, I was like, wow, like I'm just holding myself back. Like I'm, mm. you know, talking to myself, like I would never talk to anyone else like this, like why, you know? And so just like, you know, flipping that just like, you know, bit by bit and just do the whole, like you talk to yourself and it, you know, it sounds a little nuts if you don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, looking at yourself in a mirror, like telling yourself that you love you. So yourself, so like all of that, I think, you know, ha and I'm just now like, coming to this place where I'm like, wow, like, okay, I do love myself. Like, this is awesome. I don't know if I truly did before, but now I do. And when you do, like, you feel like you could do anything almost. Right. So, um, that's one thing also just like, you know, yoga meditation, you know, cornerstones of my practice. Like, um, I fell out of doing yoga for a little while and then got back into it during the pandemic. And it's just like, you know, just really helps center me, um, as well as meditations or listening to affirmations, which I do a lot of as well and like make my own. And, you know, as a person that can record and all the people yeah. that are listening, you can record yourself saying your own affirmations and listen to them. So that's a cool, cool thing. Mm, awesome. Um, and just, I think just like community, you know, being in like groups, like do I just actually just got done doing like a zoom vocal group session, you know, where we're just singing and, and it's, it's, it's beautiful, you know, just like using your voice, like, uh, just like my shirt, Madam Gandhi, shout out Madam Gandhi. Oh, I love her. <laughs> you know, use your voice, like in whatever way, just like start to start to use it. So, um, yeah, those are kind of the things that I've been been doing for my own self-care that's amazing thank yeah, you i think that's yeah. been a, a thing for a lot of uh artists for myself i experienced a lot of that self-reflection and just you know because mm -hmm. you're you, there's no one else i mean you're there you you have to face that person that you are but in saying that i i think that this time also gave me perspective as to what i really wanted to do so you do a lot of things 
you know, you have your own company now, you're a musician, you're an artist. What do you think is the main thing that you've learned through in this COVID time that it is what you really want to focus on? For me, it's really just about expressing myself and helping others. And, you know, the way that I do that is through my music and through the education aspects. So, you know, like I said, I've been, I've been really happy minus the initial kind of shock of everything. I've been, you know, I've been thankful that I get to just work on expressing myself. I get to have the time to like be, be still do the self-reflection, everything. And yeah, for me, it's just about, it's just about creating really. And whether that's content, whether that's music, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just like making more, making more things. I feel for like for a while I was like consuming a lot. And, you know, I mentioned I invested in a lot of coaching and, you know, this past couple of years, it was a lot of like, how do I figure out how to make the, these businesses work, you know? Mm. And now it's like, okay, well, what do I want in my personal brand, which has been my focus? How do I want that to go? You know? And so that it's been really beautiful in a way. Cause it's like, just really like coming back to me and yes, I've got an amazing team and I've got amazing people around me, but it's like, you know, what do I want? Like, what do I want right now in this moment? And that's just to, just to create. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think you had a question around a little thing that um, Laura shared on social media. Yeah, we want to know about your um, your ambassadorship with She Said So for the um, Billboard Power 100 music list. Yes. How was yeah, that experience? Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, right, first of all. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I was on the list in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, I've you know, been friends with them for a long time. And yeah, they, they connected with me this year to be a judge for the, the new, um, the new ambassadors. So it was just really such an honor to like go through the, this list and see um, incredible women that I know personally that I've worked with. I'm like, okay, that she hurt. Yes. This, 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 this. <laughs> so awesome. yeah, just shout out to, um, she said so for, you know, always pushing things forward and shining a light on the beautiful talent in our industry. Yes. Shouts out to She Said So, doing great work. Yes. 100%. Yeah. We have a lot of um, young, aspiring creatives that are mm -hmm. tuning in. What advice would you give to them, women music producers looking to find their in or, or their first next step or whatever you want to call it? What advice would you give to them? Mm. you know, make those connections, you know, as best you can invest in yourself. If you can, you know, find, find ways, you know, scholarships, like opportunities, um, you know, there's just so many ways that you can network with people now online. And, you know, I just re really recommend just like getting in there, getting into a program. If you like it, you know, like don't worry about how you're going to make the money back. Cause if you're on your path, like you will make it back, you know? So like, just, I guess my main thing is, you know, been investing in myself, surrounding myself with incredible people that support me and lift me up. Um, it's really just, yeah, it's about the, the connections and, you know, kind of being fearless in a way, you know, like not playing small, you know, just like going for it. If you see something, you know, you go for it. Like for next year, I just invested in a mastermind, with Aubrey Marcus, who's 
and I don't know if you all know who he is, but definitely check him out. Uh, he's got this entrepreneur uh, mastermind. And, you know, I was like, this is, this is a lot. This is a lot of money. But I was also like, you know, every year I've invested in myself and done something like this and it's paid off, mm. you know? So, um, I think there's different ways that you can do that wherever you're at in your career. If you're just starting out, there's like little smaller ways that you can do that. Um, but yeah, just like being around, you know, being around good people. So obviously y'all have your, your platform here and I'm just, you know, super thankful that, that you are doing this and, um, cause you, you're just really like giving a lot to the community. And so Thank that's you. the first way, you know, it's just, what there's so many free things out there for you to just learn and absorb, just like, just do that. And then, and don't put too much pressure on yourself to like figure it all out. Kind of like Josie was saying earlier, like there's no manual, like there's no, like you do this and then you do this. It's like, you do this and then you kind of go around and then you do that. You know, like I never even thought like playback or, or live show stuff was a job. Like I didn't right. know it was a, no one, you know, that wasn't my dream in life to like do that. I had no idea that was doing a thing. So you just like find all these incredible things. And I think, I mean, the main thing is like, just help other people, you know, like just give back. Cause the more that you give back, like the more, you know, a, a crew, you know, you all as a crew or a group or whatever can rise up and then help each other and have each other's backs. And, you know, I think that's super, you know, important to remember is just to like, to give as much as you want to receive. Cause you know, I think it's like Gary V, you know, you give, 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 and then you ask for something, you know, you don't just ask for something. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That was awesome. Um, thank you so much, Laura. Now I'm going to throw a you. We have something interesting for you. I know we do this thing Ooh. with all of our guests, Laura. It's yes. called our rapid fire round. Cool. And so I don't want you to think too much. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. You have less than yeah. 30 seconds to answer it. And it's just, it's like whatever okay. comes to your mind. Okay. Are yes. you ready, Laura? Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Bach or Mozart? Bach. Hmm. What's your guilty pleasure? Ice cream. What kind? <laughs> Mint chocolate chip. Wow, interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what is your go-to plugin? Ooh. <laughs> Recently, it's been the spit, Spitfire and stuff. Been loving Spitfire. Orchestral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, awesome. yes. That's okay. my definitely where I'm at right now. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's the vibe. Oh, that's a great vibe. Um, yeah, and I, I want to also throw. I want to also throw it out to. I'm seeing all this gear behind you. Keyboard. What's your What's your go to um, keyboard back there? Um, so the the top one back there. This way, is that, is, is that a, a sub? It's a Moog Subsequent 37. Yeah, so I always pronounce that wrong. It's Moog, you. not Moog. Moog. Okay, got it. It's Moog. Yeah. Yeah. Rhymes with Rogue. Yeah. Yes. Got it. <laughs> So what are, what's your favorite piece um in your studio no, right no, now? No, rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. We got to stick oh, to yeah, rapid yeah, fire. Yeah. <laughs> what's rapid my favorite fire. piece? I would have to say my new this 
Hold it Hydrosynth. up. I just got it. Oh wow! Couple days ago. This is my new my new baby. It's MPE. It's oh my god. It's all the things. So everything. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna keep it wrapping. Josie's gonna give okay. me. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what are you reading? Um. What am I reading? <laughs> uh, oh, the the one. It's about the one thing. Yeah. I'm like, what is the name of that book? What yeah, it's about thing? the one thing. It's the book is called The One Thing, where you like find your one thing. Kind of mm. like you were asking me earlier, like, what's you know, what do you want to do? So yeah, the one thing. Who's Great the book. author? Yeah. Really quick, because Josie's gonna get me. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we'll Google it on our own. I'll time. look it up. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. One thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, last one is, uh, who are you listening to at the moment? Who are you listening to at the moment? Uh, Nils Fromm. Hmm. Let me write that down. How do you spell that? Yeah. What type of music is that? It's like kind of like uh, ambient mm. orchestral electronic. Okay. Very <laughs> Which cool. is what my sound is all about. It's kind of your so, vibes. Yeah. Nils, yes. N-I-L-L-S. Yeah, exactly. N I L S F R A H M. Yeah. Oh. H M. Okay. I'm gonna that. Awesome. Um, rapid fire. Rapid fire done. We're done. <laughs> That's the rapid fire. We have to do it fast. So thank you, Laura, for playing with us. Yeah. Absolutely. So cool. Yeah. I love rapid fire. <laughs> You know, just before we wrap, we want to give you a moment. Please share with everyone what's next for Laura Escudé. Where can everyone find out more about you? You know, shout it all out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I'm mostly on Instagram, as, you know, most of us creators are, at Laura Escudé. Um, definitely check out the Transmute Academy. It's free to, to jump in. I've got a free course on Ableton Live 11 that I just released, which has got every single new feature in Live 11. So mm. that's awesome. I've got also another free course called Envision Your Show. If you're a creator who wants to perform and envision your show, a couple of other courses on there as well that um, you can purchase as well as learn more about um, our programs in the new year and our guest artists that we've got coming in to speak. I just released a new single called Unlimited Expansiveness and a sample pack. It's on Bandcamp, yes. so go support me if you can and use my samples and check them out. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Yes, yes, gracias. Thank you all so much. Oh, Appreciate it. Yes. You know, we love really your community. Love what you do. Thank you, Rock. So, hey, before you go, be sure to subscribe or follow our channel. And you can also follow the Creator Suite movement on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. <laughs>